Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Monday, September 13th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, it was a frustrating weekend, to say the least, pretty much all around if you're a uh, Cleveland, Ohio sports fan, uh, particularly if you're a, a, you know, a football fan, Ohio State and, and the Browns go down, but uh, the Indians didn't do much to, to make fans happy either. Uh, swept by the Milwaukee Brewers in a three-game home series Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Uh, Saturday being the uh, the worst of the three. Uh, once again, the Indians no hit for the third time, actually the fourth time this season. But uh, you know the the seven inning game in Tampa didn't count. Uh, three no hitters. The first time a Major League Baseball team has ever been no hit three times in the same season. Uh, Corbin Burns and Josh Hader for the, the Brewers combined to throw the no-hitter at the Indians on Saturday. Uh, just, you know, what did you take away from that game that you covered uh, at Progressive Field? Just they had no chance, Joe. I mean, Burns was so good, and the Indians hitters are just, you know, they looked overmatched uh, and and defeated before the thing even started to me. I, I mean, it just uh, they've had a tough time. In the month of September, uh, the season is dwindling down. I think that's kind of dawning on a lot of these guys. And a lot of these guys are young, Joe. They haven't, you know, they're, they're used to the minor league season. They didn't play a season last year. They've still got a whole month to go here. And I think that the realization is, seems to be catching up to these guys to me. And, um, and the thing that, that blows my mind, Joe, is poor Zach, please, Zach. This guy, it's amazing. How do you start three games with your and in each of those games, you can, you're the losing pitcher and your team gets no hit. You got no chance. It, that's amazing that all three of the games that they were no hit that are official no hitters. Uh, Zach Plesak started. I, I, I don't believe he started the one in Tampa no, Bay. Not, in Tampa Bay no. Right. So, uh, you talk about, uh, you know, used to be Aaron Savali was the one who, who wasn't getting any run support. Now it's uh, it's Zach Plesak, who's not getting any hit support. <laughs> That's not even a thing. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think Ryan LaVarnway, who, uh, who actually snapped the uh, Brewers 15 consecutive innings of hitless baseball against the Indians, 
when he singled and scored in the sixth inning uh, Sunday, uh, Lavarnway said, you know, hey, it's, you know, it's probably 14 innings too many in a row to not have a hit. Uh, this is, it's the big leagues and you, you've got to be able to do that. Yeah. And the, the ironic thing is the night, you know, earlier last week when uh, Joe Ryan almost, you know, uh, he threw ahead a perfect game going into the, what the seventh Seven, inning is the twins yeah. rookie making a second big league start against, you know, and uh, you know, um, Rosario, Ahmed Rosario broke that up and Rosario didn't even, he wasn't in the lineup Saturday and he didn't even come off the bench to pinch hit, you know? So I, I don't know what, what you were trying to do there. I mean, you got your guy there, you got your hottest hitter there, use him, you know, in that situation. Right. And you know, that that's another thing we'll talk about it later. I, you know, I posted about making sure some of these guys get some rest down the stretch, but in a, in a special circumstance, you know, like, like that, Ahmed Rosario, you, that's, that's like not using one of your bullets in a, in a, in a shootout. It's, it doesn't make any sense not to, not to put him in there in, in that situation, especially late. Uh, it, do the Indians run the risk? I mean, everybody knows what the situation is right now. Do the Indians run the risk of some of these players just checking out over these, over these last 21 games? Yeah, well, I think that's always a risk, Joe. I, I think it is. It, you know, and, and they're in a tough situation. DeMarlo Hale is in a tough situation. You know, Tito's not running the ball club. Um, you know, and, but I think these guys, most of these guys are so young. And, boy, if they don't realize the chance they're getting, you know, somebody should tap them on the shoulder and say, you're getting that chance to play every day in the big leagues. You might never get this chance again. And listen, buddy, you ain't Derek Jeter. Let's go. Come on. Let's let's get it going and, and keep moving and keep playing hard. Right. Who among the Indians players who have gotten opportunities and gotten chances this year really has stepped up and stepped forward? I, I mean, I as far as pitchers go, I think Quantrill and, and McKenzie uh, really stand out. But I don't think position player wise, you, you've really seen anybody sort of take that next step. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and, and, you know, I think Hedges has done a nice job behind the plate. You know, he hasn't hit a whole lot, but he's showing some power. Uh, and he's getting a chance now to play every day. You know, of course, Rosario, you know, Jose Ramirez, you know, Franmo, but those are the guys, you know, you depend on. Those, those guys are going to, you know, probably almost certainly they're going to be back next year and, and uh, you know, in, in prominent roles. <clears throat> but the younger guys, Owen Miller, you know, Bobby Bradley, uh, uh, Andres Jimenez, um, you know, what have we seen from those guys? What have we seen from uh, Mercado <clears throat> and, uh, you know, guys like that? You know, we are these guys really getting that chance? Daniel Johnson get, just got sent down. Right. Uh, I think out of any of them, I think Bobby Bradley probably uh, has has shown the most. Uh, you you kind of know what Bobby Bradley is. You know he's a 100-plus strikeout guy in a season, but he's actually put the bat on the ball a little more. Uh, he's he showed tremendous strides defensively. I would think if you had to rank those young players who have gotten opportunities this year, and, and who's made the most of them. I think Bobby Bradley would probably be at the top of that list uh, as of right now. But 
again, you know, it, it killed him to miss those two weeks uh, with the knee yeah. injury. And he, he might not even still be back yet 100% from, from that. Uh, might be fight, uh, fighting the effects of it because we really haven't seen him play regularly. Uh, you also got to throw Yu Chang in there, I think. Uh, he, he's shown flashes, but like you said, inconsistency. Um, I, I think these last three weeks, is, it, it's good for him to get as much playing time as he will get. But, you know, you're going to enter spring training still with a, a big question mark as to who Yu Chang is. Yeah, I also think we should mention Bradley Zimmer. Uh, He's not a young guy, uh, but he certainly has taken advantage of the playing time he's gotten. He's cooled off a little bit lately, but, you know, he's given them strong defense, good speed on the bases, and he swung the bat as, as well as we've seen him swing it in, uh, you know, since 2017, 2018. Yeah, really, he's been, he's been the Bradley Zimmer that we sort of expected to see after that that rookie year and it, now in sort of a, a longer sample size, uh, we're, we're, we're getting that and, uh, you know, flashes of power every once in a while, but nothing consistent there. Uh, a lot uh, more, more base hits than I thought we would uh, see out of him. And we're, we're, we're actually getting that. And, you know, the defense is always going to be there. So, yeah, uh, as far as the, the individual like position players, these young guys getting their chance, uh, no one really jumps off the page, but you've got a couple of guys that have, have done a little bit and a couple of guys who have actually really disappointed. I think the, the bottom end of that would probably be Andres Jimenez, who, who was handed the shortstop job out of spring training and really wasn't able to keep up. Yeah, it, and that's a strange thing. He, lo he just looks a little bit overwhelmed to me. You know, uh, uh, he looks, you know, he's, he's, he's done some some decent things defensively, but we just haven't seen the offense we thought we'd see out of him. And maybe because he's 22 or 23, just, you know, he's changing leagues, all that, uh, you know, but he, we, you know, and he, when he did go down to AAA and play consistently, he put up some decent numbers and showed some power, but we haven't seen that. And uh, I don't know if this is just a lost season for him, but hopefully he can salvage something in the last, you know, three weeks here, Joe. Right. Yeah. I, the youth and the, he's 22 years old. I think we get so caught up in, you know, we saw Francisco Lindor come up here as such a young guy and play so early and, and, and have success. And uh, we see around the league, other young top talent, you know, getting to getting their shot and just sort of running with it. It, it doesn't always work that way. And we have to, we've, we've sort of been conditioned to see that uh, Andres Jimenez is 22 and it's not really all that often that a 22 year old comes up and, you know, hits the ground running and, and has a major league career right out the bat. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And uh, you're right. Uh, guys like even the Jose Ramirez was up and down a couple of times, you know, mm -hmm. and he got sent down with uh, Chisenhall. This is about three or four years ago though. And they changed the whole left side of the infield. You know, they brought up uh, uh, the kid, uh, they brought up Lindor and, Who's a kid from that's playing third base for the Yankees now? Urshela, Giovanni Urshela. Yeah, they brought they brought up a, a whole left side of the infield, and it didn't look like we'd see Ramirez or Chisenhall again. And fortunately, both of them made it back to the big leagues. But it's hard. It's this is this is not an easy transition for most guys. 
got to remind you that that was a little more than three or four years ago, Hoinsey. I, yeah. know, it, I know it only seems like yesterday, but it was it was a, <laughs> it was was uh, about five or six years ago. When yeah, that maybe happened. five or so six years ago. Just, uh, just, just to check in there uh, uh, with that. Uh, let's, uh, let's double back here. Uh, I, I want to wrap up just the, the thoughts from this weekend and uh, Milwaukee coming through. Boy, they look really good. Uh, they, they look every bit of the first place team in the NL Central. And uh, with that pitching staff, they could do some damage. Yeah, that's a good ball club. And they were, they were, they were at their peak this weekend. And the Indians were at a low point. And it was not a, it was not a good combination. But they pitched great. Uh, they hit the ball out of the park. They played great defense. Uh, they look, you know, and what I think they're what? They, their magic number is down to five, maybe. Four right. or five to clinch the uh, the NL the NL Central. Uh, they're for real, and uh, it, I bet they, they they sure look like a team that could go deep into the postseason. Yeah, the only thing they really can't do is stop uh, stop teams running on the bases. I think Omar Narvaez is a uh, a liability back there if he gets uh, too many innings behind the plate. But we saw the Indians on Friday steal a season high six bases, and it's not the first time that. The uh, Brewers have given up six stolen bases in a in a game. That was pretty much the only highlight and only good thing the Indians did all weekend was was steal bases uh, and and extend that streak. They're they're within five uh, five more steals of a major league record uh, held by the Boston Red Sox of forty consecutive steals. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that in um, Minnesota when they go for the the doubleheader there on Tuesday to see if they can get a couple more bags and and add to that streak. Uh, we we talked about uh, last night the um, Yankees and Mets played a, a big big game uh, Sunday night baseball in uh, New York Subway Series and uh, Francisco Lindor uh, hit three home runs in the game first time in his career he's ever hit three home runs in a game that was. Kind of a, a surprise to hear, but uh, also first time in his career, he almost got uh, destroyed by John Carlos Stanton as uh, Stanton was uh, was running out of ground ball. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I guess there's a lot of chirping going on. They thought uh, the Mets thought the, uh, the the Yankees were stealing signs and they were whistling from the dugout. So you know Lindor's whistling back at them and they're they're chirping as Stanton is going around the bases after hitting the home run. And uh, I mean, Francisco picked a, picked a, a little late, late uh, time in the, in the schedule to have his coming out party as, as, as one of the Mets, hopefully, you know, th that helps him uh, with his career there, but I don't think he made any friends with the Yankees. No, that's uh, an, an interesting way to endear yourself to Mets fans is to start a fight with the biggest Yankees player. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, like walk as walking into prison on the first day and punching the biggest guy and uh, that you find, but uh, it, it, however it works out for Lindor, I, he was asked after the game, you know, if he thought that all was forgiven from the whole <laughs> booing incident earlier in the year uh, where, you know, they were making gestures at the fans who were booing them. Uh, and, and Lindor says, I, I don't think the uh, I don't think the Mets fans will ever forget. They have they have long memories. So uh, he, he sort of knows what the score is there um, in, in New York. Uh, it doesn't really it's only what you could. What have you done for me lately uh, there? Uh, not like in Cleveland, where he could probably go for a stretch and slump and, and, you know, the fans still love him. 
Yeah, he's got nine years, hopefully, nine years left to change their minds. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, but it's a different animal, New York uh, compared to Cleveland. Then Francisco has found that out this year for sure. Yeah, it's learning it the hard way. Uh, all right, the Indians are back out. Uh, I, I wanted to bring this up. No hit for 15 consecutive innings. Uh slumping sort of in these doldrums in, in September, knowing that you're out of it. You've got three more weeks left. Uh, what are some ways that maybe DeMarlo Hale could, could sort of inject some life into this offense, inject some life into this um, uh, Indians ball club? Uh, is there a way to do that with 21 games left? Gosh, that, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's, he certainly has been, you know, changing the lineup around, you know, he's guys have uh, he's given everybody a, a fair shake. I think and it's giving people as much playing time as he can uh, to, you know, continue evaluating these guys. You know, I read your story, Joe, what you think he should pick the lineup out of the hat. I I'm th- it's the, pr- it, it tomorrow would be the day to do that. It's now or never <laughs> you're coming off of, you know, getting shellacked by the, the, bre- the brewers. It's a, Seven inning doubleheader. You've got an early game and a late game. Why not pull the Billy Martin trick and 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 put all the names in a hat? And you've got to do it in the clubhouse in front of all the guys. Have them buy into it and you know whatever. But you know, Framil Reyes batting leadoff. The potential there to pull his name first. Framil batting leadoff. Uh, you know, Jose Ramirez have him have him hit seventh. Who at this point? the game itself doesn't really matter. The only person you would really be sort of insulting would be the starting pitcher in Tristan McKenzie. But, you know, I think Tristan would buy in, buy in with it. I, I think you could, you could get him on board. Why not have Andres Jimenez bat clean up? You know, it, just change things around a little bit. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Uh, you know, I think that that would be interesting. You know, I was, I don't, I don't know how you live and th- yeah, but, that would that I, I think that would make sense. I don't know if uh, I don't know if they do it, but uh, who knows? You know, I I don't I don't see him doing it I, without like you know Tito's blessing or Antonetti you know being on board with it. You're you're still trying to put a competitive team out there and and, and do whatever. But I why not, man? You you could hit Framil batting leadoff. That's what I want to see. The, we demand this. We want to see this. We want to see Framil in the leadoff spot. It would be great. <laughs> hey, uh, I, what, I saw you guys talk to Antonetti yesterday on Sunday. What 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 was the uh, impression you got about Tito coming back next year? Uh, non-committal from Antonetti, but he said, you know, after this this most recent surgery, that Tito is that that there's a path now for him to sort of work and get better and and be back. I, he was asked specifically if there's a timetable, if there's a drop dead, you know, hey, we need to know deadline. Uh, and he wouldn't commit to anything like that. He said, you know, we're going to take this as it comes and, and work with Tito. So uh, really there was, there was nothing concrete that came out of his responses, but just an update that, you know, Tito is as comfortable as he can get right now in, in terms of resting after that surgery. Uh, he also told us that Shane Bieber will be uh, starting for the Columbus Clippers on Tuesday when they are in Toledo to play the Mudhens. 
He will pitch two innings. He'll go about 40 to 45 pitches. Uh, I guess this is a good sign. I sure hope it's not a big mistake in terms of, you know, running him out there and having him do something that's going to make him miss the entire season next year. But uh, if, if Shane Bieber is healthy and he's, he's physically sound, I think, you know, two innings isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. And uh, I'm sure they must – they seem to have taken every precaution possible to make sure this guy's all right. And I think Bieber, you know, having not pitched since uh, June 13, if he wasn't right, he would tell them. I, you know, I think the time for, uh, you know, being a hero is, is uh, long past due. You got to have total honesty with the trainers and, you know, your medical staff and – if it if you if you're good to go, okay. But if not, you know, shut it down and let's wait to spring training. And I think there's a mental component to that as well, that he needs to get back out there on the mound before the end of the season to get that feeling, to know that he's sound physically if he's if he's back to 100 percent so that he can approach his offseason work uh, you know, normal as opposed to pitching from a rehab perspective in the offseason. Uh, if he can go back to to just doing his regular offseason work, then then that's great. Then that's a benefit to getting him back out on the mound here in these last days of September. Uh, just hope hope for his sake that everything comes out all right and he he walks off the mound on his last inning of the season and and doesn't feel anything funny. Yeah, what what was the reaction with uh, Savala yesterday? I know he got knocked around in his second start back from uh, you know his his long stint on the uh, IL. Yeah, he would not equate any of that to, to you know, having been on the IL for, for as long as he was. He just said he didn't execute his pitches. He didn't say it was anything physical, um, you know, nothing about rust or anything like that. I mean, he was he was lights out in his first outing off the yeah. uh, off the injured list. So I, I don't think that there's anything there uh, physically. But uh, you never know. We'll see how he bounces back after the next one. All right. Uh, Hoinsey will be in Minnesota tomorrow for the doubleheader. Uh, we will talk to you again on um, Wednesday before Wednesday's game. Uh, prior to that, uh, here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, Hoinsey will talk to you then. All right, Joe.